I'm so excited to talk about Common Rider with you, Daddy. <laughs> that probably won't make it into the show. <laughs> that needs to be the cold open. <laughs> make that the cold open. Make that the cold open. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Michael Hamilton. Hello, all you fine and beautiful people out there in Radio Land. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> I thought about giving you a funny nickname this week, but then I was like, "Man, it's episode sixty. It's the big six zero. Uh, you know, let's let, let's 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 keep it very professional." Yeah, and and I feel really old. Uh, I feel like I I feel like I'm sixty today. <laughs> I'm just really tired. I know. Oh, the podcast has turned sixty. Uh. 60 years we've been doing this podcast. That's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Between uh, 2020 and what 2021 has been so far. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, it does feel the podcast has aged a little bit uh, in the last, I don't know, six months. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has. Well, we've got a pretty packed uh, show this week. Um, got a few couple of big news stories so we can go ahead and jump into the news. All right, let's cue the beady beady. All right, we'll cue the beady beady. I'll do the I'll do the beady beady sound though. I, I will do that. I might cut it out though. Clifford is a kaiju. Clifford is a kaiju. <laughs> so Godzilla versus Kong news. Yes, yeah, so Godzilla versus Kong news. Um, so after after what what. Has it been, it's been a year and a half of just constant delays, delays, delays of this movie. The release date getting pushed back and pushed back. We get in, it announced yesterday, I think, as of recording, uh, that the release date has changed again. Only this time, it's moved up. I saw... Um, yeah, for a, for a... Okay, so for a movie that has been marketed... I don't know, probably zero mm -hmm. bit of time except for uh, a few. Um, what are those things called? Uh, 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 banners. banners. Yeah. Banners and about, I don't know, like six seconds of footage yeah. and probably two seconds of that wasn't even real footage. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, March, that is not that far away. I mean, we're already middle of January at this point. February is right. February is a really short month and mm -hmm. yeah, it's not that far away. So I'll let me ask you, and I know there's a lot of speculation, like when are we going to get the trailer? Now I saw Alex tweeted out today. He said, he thinks that we're not getting the trailer till Super Bowl Sunday, which is I think February the 7th. Um, what do you think? See, I, that's the one I had always been banking on it being, um, I figured, especially since, uh, like I had said, I think last week when we talked about it, that I think, uh, that they were waiting for legendary and, and Warner brothers to kind of figure out their whole agreement with the HBO max stuff. 
um, and how they were going to be compensated um, before they released any kind of marketing for it. So I think that that is what's kind of delayed the marketing a little bit more. But the fact that this moved up, the new date, which we didn't even mention, we mentioned March, but it's March 26th is the new date. Mm-hmm. Um, yep them moving the date up and it's still supposed to be simultaneously released on HBO max um, tells me that they have worked out whatever, or at least have, have come to an agreement of some kind uh, with between legendary and, and Warner brothers. And so I, I, I wouldn't put it past them to put it out the trailer out on super bowl Sunday um that's that seems the most logical but at the same time like you said we're only two months away that's that's a very short turnaround to to you know put the trailer out and then the movie comes out right and it seems like and i've seen a lot of people online i i don't really subscribe to this theory but i've seen a lot of our friends kind of going back and forth this whole week since last sunday um, well, they definitely don't care about this movie, do they? If they're going to go ahead and move up the date with zero marketing, like, I think they, I mean, I think they care. I mean, legendary probably cares about the movie. It's just, I think they just want to get it over with. Yeah. Well, that's, and I think that's, that is a big part of it too. Um, I've been, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. This movie has been sitting on the shelf for a while. Um, this, uh, I mean, you know, the first delay that they did, the fir- the first delay was wasn't even because of COVID. It was pre-COVID because they it was yeah. because of um changes and stuff that they had to make and so they had to push it back right. and and yeah, they went back in and corrected some of the visual effects. I think that's what the problem. I think that was the first issue, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. And so they said, you know, they wanted it to look the best that it could look and everything like that. Um so this movie has been sitting on the shelf for a long time now and Warner brothers and legendary, nobody's getting any kind of money for this movie. If it's just sitting on the shelf. So I think they want to get it out. Now, if I'm not mistaken and I, I might be, I might be mistaken. So I'm sorry. It happens. I'm, I'm sorry. listeners. even for someone like me, I make a mistake every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, not you. You never make a mistake like saying Clifford is a kaiju. You never make a mistake like that, Travis. Clifford is a kaiju. Clifford is a kaiju. <sighs> oh, sorry, we already did the BD BD. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? Uh, no, if I'm not mistaken, March 26th was the release date that they had planned for, um, or Sony had planned for um, Morbius. Uh, and if, and but that was recently announced that that had been delayed and moved. And that was another one that had barely any marketing. They had one teaser trailer and that was it. Um, I saw one trailer when I went and watched, uh, it was either wonder woman or monster hunter. I want to, I want to say it was wonder woman. Um, they had one trailer for Morbius and I have no clue what even Morbius is. I know it's a comic book, but that's all I know. Yeah. It's a Spider-Man character. Um, he's a, he's a Spider-Man character. Um, yeah, so if if I'm not mistaken, then it, that was the original or that was the release date they had planned for it. And then now they've recently moved. So if they've moved off of that, maybe that's what encouraged Warner Brothers to bump up uh, Godzilla versus Kong because there wouldn't be Possibly. any competition and the movie's already done. And I, I think maybe the success of 
the trial run with Wonder Woman, having it simultaneously on HBO and theaters kind of encouraged them to say, hey, let's go ahead and do it. Why delay? This movie's sitting on the shelf. We're not making money right. with it, you know, gathering dust. So let's let's not worry about it. Uh, people uh, people say moving up to March is is a death nail or is a de like a, a death sentence. I don't think that's true because the uh, well, a because in the in the in the covid era there is no summer blockbuster season because we're you know it's it's all messed up but generally the summer blockbuster season starts in late march mm -hmm. um yeah so so that's that's not even like to me putting it in a in a time when most people aren't going to the theaters anyway generally um you know that's this is actually a prime time period to release a movie yeah uh, it, yeah there are you usually start seeing blockbusters and and large but and you like the what we would consider blockbusters come out early to mid spring leading into the summer yeah I mean, that, and then and then you've got the christmas blockbusters that come later in the year but yeah, yeah yeah so um so yeah i don't i don't think this is a sign that i don't think this is a sign that they have no faith in the movie or that they just want to get the movie over with because they don't uh expect it to do well i just i don't think that's a, it's a sign of that at all um i don't think it's a sign that they necessarily do have faith in the movie and that they're like oh yes this is going to be the greatest movie ever made i think it's just it's it's neither it's it's neither a sign that they have no faith in the movie or that they have a lot of faith in the movie i think it's just mm -hmm. it's a it's a business decision of like i said we're not making money with it sitting on the shelf let's put it out right we have this date. Let's do it. Now, let me ask you, as far as we're concerned, Travis, uh, before we move into the next bit of GVK news, what are, what do you want to do with it? Do you want to, uh, I know you're going to watch it on HBO max. I will probably go to the theater to watch it, but I would also be open to you and I doing a watch along um, and giving some commentary. I was planning on going to the theater to to watch it. oh really yeah, okay yeah okay. i was planning right. on going to the theater i was going to wear my mask i was going to wear my gloves i was going to take you know extra precautions um well good for you it all depends on it it all depends really on what happens between now and march but but that was my plan um in fact uh me and uh gratton from uh not to spoil the kayfabe that we are at war with um with uh <laughs> giant monster bs but giant monster bull scrotum yeah but uh me and gratton was talking about maybe meeting up uh and you know going and seeing the movie at the same time and maybe chatting about it afterwards and stuff nice so uh so yeah so we so yeah i was planning on going to see um i i'm not i'm not um opposed to a watch along I'm not opposed to a watch along. Um, yeah, for for us. But. I mean, we've been waiting for this movie for so long. Yeah, and it has been the point of contention for well over a year at this point. Oh yeah. I think I'm just trying to figure out what we need to do to make it the best experience we can for the podcast and for our listeners. And that's why I came. I don't. And this is not set in stone. If you're you're, you're literally listening to listening to us like. Uh, debate on how the sausage is made, I guess is, is, is how I want to put it um, on what we want to do with GVK, because a lot of things are kind of up in the air. We can watch, I was willing, cause I was going to go to the theater regardless, but I was, if we were going to do a watch along, I would be more than happy to do a watch party on HBO max and do some live commentary 
during the film as well, just to right. you know have something put out for it because yeah, just have like uh, uh, just have like everyone who's you know everyone kind of like how we did with um with kaiju quarantine, everyone signed into the, the Discord specifically for this, and then we all sync up our HBO Max, like we all play it at the same time, uh, right. and so that way we can all be synced up and we just chat uh, as we're watching it you know yeah that would be yeah, it could be a it could be a gvk special yeah yeah i mean yeah we can uh we can do something like that but uh but yeah we'll 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 think about it we'll we'll see what we can do and we'll let the listeners know when when we decide what to do um exactly yeah but but, but there are there is some really awesome news that ties into this as well, well and it makes me really when you Go when ahead. you said when you said you uh what are we gonna do i thought you were actually talking about the magazine because this throws a little oh. bit of a wrench into the kaiju ramen it, magazine <laughs> it sure does now granted okay so kaiju ramen issue number one is out yes uh if you dear audio listener have gotten your copy please let us know what you think uh please give us honest feedback that's what that's that's the only thing that's going to help this magazine be a success but yeah issue two was going to be dedicated pretty much so pretty much in its entirety to gvk right so it was supposed to come out a month before gvk now we're looking at it coming out a month after gvk uh or at least it changes the tone slightly yeah so it's uh so we are in the process of shuffling around some articles i've been talking to a couple of the writers to uh say that was a couple of the writers who are going to write articles for issue three i've like can you write it for issue two uh, and some of the ones that were in issue two it's like uh do you mind being bumped back uh just a little bit <laughs> well so, it would it would it would it would at least make sense to have some kind of written review of Godzilla versus Kong. Right. That issue. Right. And we, and we had talked about doing the, um, theater versus, um, streaming, uh, article right. where we have one person who, who only watched it streaming on HBO max and one person who saw it in theaters and talk about their, both of them talk about their experiences of watching it in those ways, the pros and cons of both. Um, and, uh, and so we've talked about that. So I, so that article was going to be in our third issue because it was going to be after the movie came out, but now we can bump that one up to issue two since the issue two is coming out after the movie. So it, it's just like, yeah, it's really thrown a, a, a wrench into our plans. And so I'm having to rearrange things and reschedule things. <laughs> Ah, we'll get it worked out. I have, uh, I have complete and utter confidence in in what we're doing. So, uh, I mean, like I said, issue number one, from what I can understand from folks, has been a pretty good success. Um, yep. Very, very minor hiccups. Um, yep. And so, with with some good, honest, clear feedback from our readers, um, I think issue two is going to be even better. So, yeah, I mean, for this to be a trial run of a brand new project, I am. I'm happy with how it turned out so far. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm really excited about it. Um, I just sent out the updated uh, issue to everyone's email um, just earlier today. So this was Sunday when we were recording. Uh, so if everyone should have the updated issue in their inbox, we had um, some mistakes that were in the first uh, version that we sent out. So we wanted to update that and, you know, and fix all right. the mistakes that we had in it. And then we sent right. it back out to everyone. So 
and if you're wondering what the mistakes were, if you've already read it and you're like, what mistakes? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank all. you. And, and second of all, uh, it's with uh, the short story with written by our friend Danny DeMana at the Godzilla novelization project. So, um, yeah. And, uh, and like it, Travis said, it was really it was mistakes that happened when I was taking and transferring his story from uh, from, you know, his his word document that he sent me to the actual magazine you know page and some of the story got cut out of it so there's actually a little section that if you're paying attention uh jumps a little bit and doesn't make sense because it's like it jumps from one section to another uh and that's because right. yeah a huge section of the story got cut out and so it's like oh yeah I gotta go find that. you know that's <laughs> Right. And that, you know, it's just, just part of being a professional yeah. uh, in this kind of it's business. So yeah, sometimes mistakes self-published magazine that <laughs> we're doing this all <laughs> ourselves. It's still a learning curve. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, those, uh, the new issues should be in everybody's inbox. If, uh, anybody has any, um, problems accessing it uh make sure to reach out to us if you haven't gotten a copy and you were one of the backers who was supposed to get a digital copy uh, make sure to contact us because uh we may have uh something may have happened and we may not, you may not have uh gotten your email address in time to send it out to you so make sure to get in touch with us but sticking with our godzilla versus kong news we did have some new footage that surfaced thanks to the HBO Max ad. It is an extended version, basically just an extra half second of the boat scene that we've already seen of Godzilla and Kong on this gigantic uh, yes. carrier, a plane carrier. I will say, I will say it is probably the most beautiful two seconds of footage I've ever seen in the MonsterVerse so far. And look, I, I said this on Twitter. <laughs> I am a diehard Godzilla fan. I, I am team Goji all the way. Right. But watching Kong land that punch on Kong, on Godzilla's face was just like beautiful. And I was watching it over and over again because everybody was posting gifs of it. So it was just on loop on Twitter of just this of just uh godzilla getting falcon punched right in the face <laughs> yeah it's the funniest one I, I think the funniest one i saw if i'm not mistaken it came from um uh the twitter user uh godzilla king of the monsters don't know his or her real name um but i think his was or theirs was um the gif but it was but it had that doink sound whenever uh <laughs> whenever kong uh punched a godzilla in the face which yes that was um that was pretty satisfying, I will say. I w I'm I'm anxious to see. I'm anxious to. I'm I'm really curious as to when that sequence comes in the movie. So we can spend a few minutes here since we've got a few more minutes to talk about this. When do you think that that sequence actually does happen in the film? Because I have some thoughts on that. I think it takes place early. I think it is early on in the movie. I think it's like within the first maybe 30 minutes of the movie. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I was thinking about um, maybe middle, like my maybe middle part of the movie, closer to the middle. Um, and, and here's my theory. And I, I have not read spoilers on this, nothing. So I don't know if this is spoilery or not, um, but here's my theory. Godzilla lands on Skull Island and 
the first battle takes place on Skull Island because you've got all these Titans arriving on the island. Kong is pissed. He doesn't like the fact that all these other monsters are there uh, because that's his island. That's his that's his territory. Uh, and so he figures out, okay, so this Godzilla guy, this big lizard here is the one bringing them here. So then they they battle it out to find out who's the alpha. Well, something happens. Don't know what. And Kong gets captured and gets put on a boat, just like in 62. And um, Godzilla follows the boat, basically stalking Kong, basically, um, to wherever they end up. Kong, of course, breaks free, just like he always does, from his chains of bondage. And, um, yeah, then the battle ensues on top of the boat, which speaking of the boat, Mm -hmm. like how big is that thing gotta be to hold these two? Oh, don't bring that up again. Uh, oh, you, I don't think you weren't a part of the podcast when we first, uh, had, um, was it uh boat gate? Uh, <laughs> no, I was a part of the podcast. Were, were no, you? I was there because we, yeah, I, I talked about it with Steven. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause I was like, I couldn't remember if it was, if it was me and Steven or me and you or who it was that talked about it, but it was around, um, it was around the, it was actually, I think, okay. So I was on the pot. I was a part of the podcast, but I may have not been on the episode because I think it was on the giant claw episode. That was uh, just you and Steve. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It just, it, I, people made such a big deal out of that. And it's just like, I don't care. Why does it matter wh- whether the boat could actually carry them or not, or whether it's realistic or not. It's giant monsters fighting each other. I don't care. We already have the giant airplane, you know, kind of, base that we had in in uh king of the monsters so i like i don't know i don't know like it like yeah um so it definitely looks like a super massive uh some kind of uh plane carrier right did uh did godzilla look like he had a had a a leg wound to you uh i could everyone kept i could not everyone kept saying that he was wounded but i couldn't tell either so i wasn't sure if you saw something yeah i did i saw people say that i could not tell just by the footage that i looked at i know that they're you know even looking at the hd version that that was put out uh i i still couldn't tell um maybe it's very possible but yeah it's possible but it also could be just a trick of the light because that footage is very warm oh yeah It, it happens it that footage has to take place either it's I mean it's obviously at dusk or dawn. I'm trying to think of what what color palette would would that be? It looks like I, dusk. It does look like a it does look like dusk. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the the color palette they used for that particular scene is very very warm. Uh, uh in fact, Godzilla's skin looks very very reddish brown. Mm-hmm. Um, Kong always looks brown. You know that's that's neither here nor there. Um. But I couldn't tell if he was injured or if he had a leg wound or something. The way he was kind of crouched over and hunched either tells me he might have been wounded or he had not, um, he hadn't got his, um, his sea legs yet. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't really want to pick apart the footage because I mean, 
I've been, I've been, I mean, there is, been the last- you know, that we're going to have like 30 videos, like an hour as long a piece picking apart that footage. Yeah. There's plenty of people who are picking it apart and everything. So I don't really plan on picking it apart. I mean, I just wanted to talk about it a little bit because it's news. Yeah. Um, it, it does. You know, exciting. It's exciting. I mean, any, any new footage of the movie is exciting. Um, there is of course the swelling, uh, uproar of people saying where's the trailer give us the trailer and it's like look the trailer's coming people yeah. i mean if we're getting the, if we're getting a teaser from hbo max directly the trailer is going to be coming it's just a matter of when i i'm almost gonna agree with alex at this point and say they're probably gonna release the trailer on super bowl sunday which i think is stupid because that's still like almost three weeks away yeah but you know, it being the Super Bowl kind of would make sense, but you know, we could wake up tomorrow. In fact, and oh, there's the trailer, right. and then we all have something to talk about for the next week and well, for the next two months. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've, I've not been on the side of complaining about not having a trailer. Uh, of course, I would love to have a trailer. Absolutely, would love to have a trailer. But I've not been on the side of complaining about not having a trailer. And again, I'm not on the side, just like we were talking about earlier, of that the spells disaster for it i don't think it I, there's so so much is it, marketing for movies is weird because you can have a movie that has no marketing until like right before the movie comes out and it does really well you can have a movie that markets a year in advance and it does well it's not an exact science so just because they're not releasing the trailer doesn't mean it's not going to do well and again, we're in a we're in a COVID, you know, time period. So things are different now than they right. than they would normally be. So you know, it's just there's a lot of things we have to take into consideration. So I don't think it's gonna I don't think it spells disaster necessarily. Uh, I again, I am on the side of I do want to see a trailer, and I do really I hope they give us a trailer sooner rather than later. Right, for sure. At the same time, everyone stopped complaining. <laughs> Please, please stop complaining about it. There's no point in complaining you know, about it. I have a feeling, and this is just me being a little bit pessimistic. I have this funny feeling that once we do get the trailer, that is going to, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know the lack of trailer, the lack of trailer controversy will probably pale in comparison to the people bickering on Twitter over, uh, what the footage actually shows yeah. or the, or the fan theories or uh, God forbid that Kong win, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. or, you know, oh, we've got, yeah. we've got a question in our, in our uh, mailbag segment about, uh, about something like that. So, uh, Oh, I saw, yeah. I saw, I've been, I've been kind of marinating on what my answer should be or what my, na what my answer will be. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that's, that's all we're going to talk about with the news that we had, but it is exciting. We are getting, uh, and well, now we're getting close to the release date, uh, even closer finally. than we were before because they moved it up. So finally, so finally, and, and I will say one last thing because I almost forgot okay. it. I'm curious now when we're going to hear the first track from the score, because I can't remember exactly when they posted um, old rivals from King of the Monsters, but I want to say it was maybe a month out from the movie. So we should be getting something dropping on Spotify or iTunes eventually uh, sometime very soon. And you know, that might actually make me more excited for the movie than the trailer would 
just because I have been so, so interested in what Junkie XL, uh, whatever his real name is, but Junkie XL uh, is going to do with the soundtrack. I, I have been so yeah. excited to see what he does. So I that would actually as much as I would love to see a trailer releasing just a few of the of the, of the songs uh, yeah. from the score, I would I would. I, yeah, that would make me so excited because I would be like, yes. I think we got, I think we got the full soundtrack like a week before the movie came out, and so I remember watching, or I'm watching, I remember listening to the soundtrack to King of the Monsters, trying to figure out what was going on in that particular scene, uh, and this was before, um, this is before we knew for certain that like King Ghidorah was going to have his own specific, like that monk chant was going to be King Ghidorah's theme. Mm-hmm. Or you've got the, um, the Japanese choir, uh, the male choir singers going, Oh, ah, that was Godzilla's, uh, that was sort of an audio cue for Godzilla. And then, you know, the Mothra, the Mothra song was obvious because they did an excellent mm-hmm. job with that. Oh yeah. Um, and then Rodan actually the Rodan song was Rodan's theme was it's probably one of my favorite tracks from that from that soundtrack honestly yeah that oh man that soundtrack is so good oh man but yeah uh so i think uh that's it for our news segment so we can probably go ahead and hop into the main topic for this week and travis what is the main topic for this week well we normally ask a trivia question uh to hint to what our topic is so uh the trivia question that i asked last week which i did not post on our social media like i said i was going to because i have been sick all week (laughs) and forgot that is no that's no excuse i know no excuse i forgot (laughs) your this podcast comes before your own well-being you now you'll be good to remember that for next time (laughs) (laughs) i'm so tired i'm such i'm I'm such a slave driver guys i'm just just over here cracking the virtual whip on travis just like get to work uh and i'm just like i'm so tired please sir can i sleep (laughs) no you may not sleep not until you post the trivia question for the episode Oh, man. Well, the trivia question I asked last week, uh, what 2005 film served as a reboot to a long-running tokusatsu series featuring a grasshopper-themed superhero? The fact that I did not post it on our social medias did not stop one of our favorite fans, one of our favorite fans, listeners. Um, I mean, he's a a stand by this point. Nick Nick is a stand at this point. He stands us. I don't like using the word fan because we're not like celebrity, uh, you know, online influencers or anything like that. We're just just two idiots talking about giant monster movies. Speak for yourself, (laughs) good sir. Uh, Yeah. uh, um, Michael's always, you know, singing the the celebrity song and, and just like... (laughs) <laughs> oh man anyway um uh, before we get off track uh nick we all just want to be big, big rock, rock. Okay. Yep, okay. i'm we're getting way off track now read go ahead and read nick's comments so nick blackler <laughs> one of our longtime listeners who i love getting uh feedback from him love getting messages from him uh he sent in uh jiminy wicket uh, is the movie title you guys are looking for, my friends? Who could forget the tagline, when you wish upon a star, a star of death? 
and he sent along with this tweet uh some pictures of john wick with jiminy cricket's face and it is the most glorious thing i've ever seen <laughs> just, just i just love i love it so much thanks nick <laughs> uh but the main topic for this week is common writer the first it is a movie from 2005 it stars or actually it it was directed first off by takeo naga nagishi uh it stars masaya kikawada hase takano uh Raina Komene, I think it's how you say that name, Komene. Uh Hiroshi Hiroshi Miyauchi, uh AG Wentz and Ryoko Kobayashi as good job. As good job. <laughs> the main the main characters in this in this movie. And uh yeah, I am so excited to talk about Common Rider finally because I am such a huge fan of Common Rider. Uh, the plot breakdown for this movie: A young scientist is given powers by an evil organization and brainwashed into their fold. Recovering from the condition, he starts battling their previous master's plans. While they try to eliminate, he starts battling his previous master's plans. While they try to eliminate all witnesses of their existence. Sorry, my phone buzzed. Um, yeah, so opening thoughts on this. Uh, my Again, my opening thoughts is I'm so glad we get to talk about Common Writer finally because I love Common Writer <laughs> and I've been wanting to talk about Common Writer on the podcast and haven't been able to or, ha or have we haven't gotten around to it yet. It's not that we haven't been able to, but we haven't gotten around to it yet. Uh, and so just the fact that we can talk about Common Writer, I'm excited. Yeah, because this is uh, this is actually uh, it was supposed to be an entire month dedicated to Toko to Toko Toko. What's wrong with me? Uh, Toku heroes, uh, and it's only like Toku heroes from here. There's nothing. No, 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 no. I said Toko, not Toto. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't say Toto. Although that is a really good song. Um, but yeah, this it's going to be turned into more like Tokusatsu Heroes two weeks, just like it usually ends up for the podcast because we all we're always we're constantly changing our minds. Yeah. But I'm actually really happy that we got to do Common Rider because I one I know how much you love Common Rider, mm -hmm. and I have to admit, uh, this movie sort of made me a believer. I'm telling you, Common Rider is good. Common Rider is good. Anybody who has not watched any Common Rider, go do it because it is a great franchise. If you, especially if you've, with all the Mill Creek releases of Ultraman, with all the hype around Ultraman and the Ultra series, Common Rider is another one of the big three like Tokusatsu series from Japan that have you know crossed over to other mm -hmm. you know markets and and common writer is just so much fun and i actually like common writer more than i do ultraman uh you know i can i can see that because i even added it in my notes where okay let me ask you this is supposed to be common writer is technically supposed to be a family show am i correct um it depends on the season uh there is at least two seasons of our series whatever you want to call them you know there's 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 definitely a couple of them that 
push the boundaries of what is in uh, a family show um even by japanese standards um right but yes yes generally it is it, it's it's like it's like doctor who it's like ultraman mm-hmm. it's like those shows where it is it's it does stray into kind of darker tones sometimes and it it does have some a little bit of adult things but for the most part it is for the family to enjoy both adults okay. and kids just like super sentai just like ultraman just like a lot of those other tokusatsu shows just okay so i'm i'm really glad that you said that because it's like i'm i'm sitting here watching this movie and this movie is surprisingly adult or at least very young adult than i thought than i thought it was going to be um and that is a trope not a trope but uh, I guess it's a trope. I don't know of common writer where they do. It is a little bit darker than say Ultraman where Ultraman's a very sort of lighthearted show. Yeah. At least more lighthearted than this. Uh, so let me ask you as the biggest common writer fan, I know is this a common theme throughout the entire, the, throughout the rest of the franchise where they do sort of this dark melodramatic tone throughout the series and the movies uh it it depends on the fr- on, on the series uh some of them just like ultraman and just like super sentai each season slash series kind of reinvents itself and does something different mm-hmm. um common rider does the same thing uh common rider definitely started out as a with a more horror bend to it still still family friendly but um but with a more darker right. horror horror uh aspect to it uh but there are seasons that are very uh very kid friendly very um light hearted uh and okay. and so it just depends on the series that you're watching um okay yeah that that's that's really the answer that's the best answer i can give because it really just depends uh, for example this this movie uh, it's called Common Rider the First. This is a retelling and reboot of the original 1970s Common Rider series, the original one. Um, and that's what I thought too, because when I was doing a little bit of, I did a little bit of research on this movie before I started watching it, and it is supposed to, like you said, it's supposed to be a reboot or a reimagining, so in a way, of the original Common Rider. Right. Yeah. It. It is. It is. Um. And so the original 1971 uh, Common Rider series definitely has a darker uh, tone to it uh, compared to what you might have gotten from Ultraman at that time period. Um. Mm. But and but then there are some that are not like that. I, I there especially the, some of the more recent ones. Um, Common Rider X Eight is definitely very kid friendly. Um, so the 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 devices, the the belt, and everything, and and the costumes all look very Fisher Price to me. So like very very kiddy. Um, so it's like Ultraman Z then, because Ultraman Z was very toy heavy too. Yeah, well, all of these uh, all of these Tokusatsu shows kind of took that route. Um, right. Kind of a fun fact: the reason why so many of these of these Tokusatsu shows are very toy focused now has a lot to do with Common Rider. Um, because you know, back in the day, you had some merchandise for Ultraman, but I don't think Ultraman's, uh, from what I've read and what I've done research on, Ultraman's merchandise wasn't really like 
super duper popular or super duper, you know, like there wasn't a whole bunch of it. Whereas when Common Rider came out, the belts, they sold the belts um, as a uh, as a toy that you could buy. And kids went nuts for that and they bought those like crazy. And so it just became like a thing like, oh, wow, we can sell toys the you know along with the series that you know can can uh can help boost the show even more uh and so a lot of a lot of the reason why the the modern day tokusatsu shows are like the way they are is because of the the formula that common writer kind of kind of figured out early on right yeah i mean it's uh i mean speaking strictly of this particular movie it didn't feel super toy heavy to me no it, no it wasn't it, it had the little belt it had the little spinny belt and that was it yeah like, it, i mean I, and really the belt is just because it's a it's a nod back to the original right common rider because the belt is part like the, the belt is a thing in all common rider series every common rider series yeah, and that was there was and there were, I noticed that there was a few uh, callbacks to the original series as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was definitely a few callbacks. Um, this movie, if if anyone's not familiar with this movie or doesn't know or, or wants to get a sense of this movie, I compare this movie. This movie is for Common Rider what the 2002 Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies uh, movie is. Oh, okay. Because so, I have seen that. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's taking a property that's been around for a while, super successful, super popular, and adapting it, you know, and, and basically like reinventing it and adapting it for modern audiences and modern, you know, being 2002, 2005. Right. Um. So yeah, this, uh, that's what this is. So, so like the costume for this, the costume is the costume from the original common Rider. It's just updated to be more modern. Uh, so right. it looks more streamlined. It's more sleek. It has a few more details on it. It does. It's not just a big paper mache or bicycle helmet or uh, motorcycle helmet painted over, right you know, yeah like, and because that wouldn't have worked that wouldn't have worked at all for this movie they needed to do something to upgrade it and because i have i've seen photos and footage of the original common uh, rider series and you know they were definitely working with a uh with a with a lower budget at least that's what it felt like uh at times right and yeah. i really liked the um the the i the outfits for this the suits the um the biker the very biker uh street bike look yeah street bike look to common rider and actually pretty much everybody in this movie mm -hmm. uh hero and antagonist had a very biker street biker uh very sleek uh very uh very sh not very soft like not really soft edges what am i trying to say hang on back up <clears throat> very aerodynamic yeah, all these suits just had a really aerodynamic look to them, and I think it I think it worked well. I, I really do. I think some of the I think these villains, uh, the villain designs for like the suit designs for the villains, they felt really Sentai. Mm -hmm. um, they felt really really Sentai, like something you would see in like a Power Rangers series or a sent in, in well basically Sentai. Um, in that kind of footage, but I really liked it. I liked the, the darker, more mellow, dramatic tone to the movie because that's more my taste anyway. Like I like, I like sort of the more upbeat stuff from like Ultraman and others, but 
honestly, I kind of just like the more serious, uh, darker stuff. Yeah. But that that's sort of what I'm into. Yeah. Um, the then you definitely would like um common writer the the series um you would definitely like some of the some of the series there are a few of them like i said that that really get into kind of very lighthearted um the one that that that's on right now that i think is close to finishing um i i can't remember when it's when the finale is for that but uh common writer saber it's very mm-hmm. upbeat very lighthearted it's more in the vein of like an ultraman z um Mm-hmm. it's yeah uh whereas you know if you go back to 2001 the the uh common writer kuga this this movie has oh. more in common with kuga than it does as far as tone is concerned than it does even yeah. the original series which is yeah we watched kuga didn't we watch kuga for kaiju quarantine 3 is that the one we played no 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 we we watched uh, a couple of the movies um kuga is one of the series uh, we watched uh, okay. Common Rider uh, Zio and Common Rider, yeah. yeah, with the with the Spider Lady, yeah, with the Spider Woman, yeah, 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 yeah. Zio, um, yeah. So, so uh, this and and so you were talking about the tone of this, how it's and and that's one of the things that I will talk about really in my dislikes. It's that they traded more of the horror horror. I, I know the way I talk i don't always get that extra or in there but the horror um Mm -hmm. you don't really get a lot of that tone in this as much as you do in the original series um you get more of the melodramatic uh feeling like you said kind of like a young adult melodrama yeah this movie is very broody yeah like real like really kind of emo brutish kind of mo- it's just that kind of mood and well, what, I, yeah. what i was saying is the reason why it's like that i think and the reason and what i i'm thinking it is is because mm-hmm. that is the direction that the the common writer franchise was going in the early 2000s mm-hmm. because in 2001 you had uh kuga you had um agito you had ryuki you had these series that did uh that came out right before this movie did that that were very moody and melodramatic so i think that that's where the franchise was going so that's where they took this movie it just it, it just kind of it matches the tone of what was coming out at the time but if you compare this movie to the series that the movie is actually based on the first series the tone is a little bit off. It's not exactly, it doesn't exactly match up. Um, and I think, I think that that's kind of a detriment to it because I, I miss the very horror uh, tone to it. But at the same time, I really enjoyed Kuga and Kuga has that melodrama. So it's like, yeah, if, if you take this movie just by itself and don't compare it to the show that it was based on, the melodrama is not too bad. So let me ask you, because you've seen way more common writer than I have, uh, where would you rank this film in the ones you have actually seen? Um, I'd put it mid tier. I put it, I put it right about the middle, uh, of the, because it's not, I, it doesn't reach the heights that some of my favorites reach like Kuga and W even is one of my favorites. Um, Mm -hmm. the original one, it doesn't reach those heights, but right it's not as it's not bad it is definitely not a bad movie mm-hmm. so i would i would definitely put it in the mid tier 
in your opinion, just thinking about it, in your opinion, because we can all kind of de- we can all kind of debate back and forth uh, what makes the perfect Godzilla movie or what makes the perfect ultra perfect Ultraman movie or show or series. Uh, so, in your opinion, Travis, since you've watched a lot of the Common Rider, what what goes into making like sort of the most well balanced Common Rider movie or series? Um, you've, you've definitely got to have an interesting story and an interesting gimmick. Um, because you know, just like super sentai and just like Ultraman, there's a gimmick for each season. Uh, sometimes it's space theme, sometimes it's, you know, something else. Um, so there, there's, uh, there's always a gimmick. So if the gimmick is interesting and integrated really well into the story, that tells me it's a good, uh, a good common writer series um exciting villains i love mm-hmm. you know uh i love great villains um oh i love a good villain too yeah, yeah. and I'm, and i'm right there with you too and definitely the the action and stunts need to be on par like you definitely have to have those amazing motorcycle stunts because that's the whole point of common rider being a common rider is that mm-hmm. you get to have the motorcycle stunts or you know just stunts in general that are just really great. Uh, well, this movie did have, this movie did have some really impressive stunts. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've been talking a lot because, uh, you know, you've been asking me questions about common Rider uh, in general, but, but let's, let's talk about some of your, uh, let's talk about some of your likes, like some of the things that you really enjoyed about this movie. I know we mentioned a few already. Um, no, I uh, I was getting I was getting there with the, when I mentioned the stunts because, yeah. uh, you know that is that is a trope specifically of Common Rider is the motorcycle stunts and I think in this one, um, they were really impressive. I was I went into this movie not really knowing what to expect and someday and sometimes I really really like that I I like not being, I like not knowing I like going in blind a little bit. Um, cause like I said, I don't know a whole lot about common writer, common writer, uh, it has sort of flown under the radar with me lately. Um, but I really enjoyed this. I mean, it, it, the, the, the tokusatsu was good. The tokusatsu was great. Uh, the stunts, the court, the fight choreography, everything was fantastic in my opinion. And the only thing that drug it down for me was sort of the melodramatic human stuff or the melodramatic, yeah, the melodramatic human stuff. I guess they're all human, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, That's sort of what drug it down for me because there were certain parts of this movie where I found myself thinking, thinking, "Uh, I kind of just wish they would get past the snowflakes and move back into the stunts and the fight scenes because I'm like, "Uh, some of this melodrama, some of this melodrama is a little bit, uh, has, has drug on for, for too long. In my opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I definitely feel that way too. I think the melodrama, um, I, I I think it drug on a little too long, uh, just like you. And like I said, uh, I mean, it, like I said, it fits with the the tone that they were going for in the in the Common Rider franchise at that time period. But I, since this is a modern telling of the 1971 i would have liked the tone to kind of fit more alongside the 1971 series than the stuff that they were doing at that time but you know that that's it's a small thing um but i think it it did it is the one thing that drug this movie down the most for me and it sounds like it was the thing that drug it down the most for you 
It did. Yeah, it did. Cause I, overall, I mean, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed this movie. I, I mean, I thought our characters were, I thought our characters were well acted. Um, again, you know, the, the, the suit designs, the set designs, whatever, um, the henchmen all really well done. I mean, there's not like, like I said, at the top of the show, I think this movie has made me sort of a believer in common writer, um, and I think you're right when I think, it, I think you said it at the top of the show, or you may have said it in private where, you know, this movie is a really good introduction to common writer for someone who's not, who either is not familiar or thought that they weren't interested in common writer, because there is a lot here to kind of all, to kind of take in and the stuff that drags it down is really, I mean, in my opinion is kind of nitpicky. Right. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I had fun with it. Yeah. Honestly. And I think, I think, the, and another reason why I think it's a good introduction is because if you, even if, if, even though we are complaining about the, the, uh, human drama, the, the main, the main drama, uh, the interpersonal drama, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the, even though we're complaining about it, like I said, that is something that's common in the franchise. Once you get to a certain point in the, in the, franchise's history so this is a good introduction because if you watch this and you enjoy this then you probably would like some of the uh common writer series that from the 2000s uh when they brought it back they revived it in 2001 with kuga and so in that that time period you probably would enjoy uh if you enjoyed this movie um if you enjoyed one thing i always find interesting is that people are really hesitant to to watch some of these Japanese shows and I completely understand why because uh there's a lot of them have been going for a long time <laughs> I mean we talk about Ultraman which started in what 1966 uh and there's yeah. been a series pretty much every year except for like five or six years there that it was off the air and then it came back so so yeah there's a lot and 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 these japanese shows japanese seasons aren't the same as american seasons uh for tv they don't do like 20 episodes then take a seasonal break they do a full year's worth of episodes they go all year long so you know for each season of common rider each season of ultraman there's like 50 episodes to each one so it's a lot to try to dive into i totally get why it, it scares people so for these franchises i think the movies are the best place to start for for people who are wanting to get into it so something like yeah because the 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 movies tend to be and if i'm correct if correct me if i'm wrong but the movies tend to be a more condensed version of what the series was about right yeah yeah and and i don't even mean the the movies that are that come out as like the finale to the series i mean the standalone movies that come out because you have common writer the first is a standalone you know thing it's not connected it, it it's not connected to a series that was happening at that time it was just a complete reboot re reimagining of the first series but completely on its own uh zeo yeah. was the same way uh common writer zeo and uh common writer uh jay were were the same yeah. way they were kind of standalone things and those are only like 45 minutes an hour long uh movies yeah. so those are even easier to watch and get into yeah that's an interesting, I, I thought that was, I want to spend a couple minutes talking about what you just mentioned that like 
the bear like it feels like the barrier to entry for some of these Japanese uh, television shows is really high. But it, I, mean, I don't think it, I don't think it is because it may just be me and you and and our friends already sort of in, engrossed in this genre mm-hmm. anyway. But for like a normie, say a friend of mine comes over and I'm watching Common Rider and I say, hey, you want to watch Common Rider with me? And he has no clue what Common Rider is. He didn't grow up with Masked Rider or any of that stuff here in America. Um I can kind of see where the barrier to entry would be really, really high for someone like that. Because one, a lot of these older Japanese shows, you can't find them and you cannot find them English dubbed, um, which is already a detriment in a lot of folks mind. A lot of folks don't want to take the time to read subtitles. Um, I had a friend come over one day uh, here and uh, I was watching, what was I watching? Oh, I was watching, uh, I was watching Destroy All Monsters, the, the, the subtitled version of Destroy All Monsters. And he said, how can you sit and watch this? You have to read everything. And I said, well, with a movie like this, I've already seen it like a thousand, I've already seen it like a hundred times. I already know what's going to happen. So I can just cook and watch and semi listen because I already know what's going on. But, you know, he was sitting there sort of, he was sitting there sort of like, I don't understand what's going on and the, and the, and the words are going by way too fast to even catch what's actually happening on screen. All I know is big monster blows stuff up. That's all. That's all he knows. Um, so in your opinion, going back to common writer, would this be a good film to introduce like a normie to if we could get, if we could find either, I don't know if there's a dub version for this. Is there a dub version for this film? I'm not sure of a dubbed version, but I do know there is an American release um, that's subtitled. So okay. it is available uh, to you know people in America um, who want to uh, watch it. I just, I don't think there's a dubbed version of it. Okay. And Daisy is in here. Uh, messing with my microphone so if you hear some noise or hear some stuff listeners if it, if it doesn't get cut out i'm sorry it's just daisy uh the the unofficial oh, it's okay. third co-host <laughs> it's okay you didn't hear me curse just now when uh, when ferguson jumped up on my back um uh because he wanted to see what was going he wanted to see what dad was doing oh wow <laughs> Uh, uh, and it hurt like it hurt like a mother trucker and uh yeah yeah but i had to yeah um yeah, but yeah, I definitely think this is a good movie to introduce people if if a person is willing to, you know, accept. I mean, like, it's still it's still Japanese, it's still tokusatsu. There's still the quirkiness that comes from it being tokusatsu. Um, so you're not going to get past that. Uh, and if you're the type of person who does just will not enjoy that, then you're not going to enjoy this. But if you're the type of person that likes Godzilla. And can watch a Godzilla movie. If you're the type of person that has enjoyed Power Rangers and has enjoyed <clears throat> some of the Ultraman uh, stuff that has come out recently, yeah, you definitely right. would enjoy this, and you could definitely use this as oh, an absolutely. introduction to get someone like that into into it. Um, hmm. uh, some of the th- I do want to talk about uh, some dislikes. Uh, sure, but talking about <clears throat> things that might be hard to follow um because of the dub or or sub um because of the subtitles did you find it hard to follow the story 
especially with the side subplot that was going on with the two people in the hospital. Yes. <laughs> Short answer. Yes. I was, um, huh, I was very, conf- I was very confused. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I'm going to sound like a real noob uh, to whoever's listening to this, who have seen that, who, who have seen this movie and understand perfectly what's going on. Um, but yeah, I was confused the whole time during those moments. Um, and I kind of lost interest, uh, during those moments because again, I didn't know what the heck was going on because I, it was, it just kept bouncing back and forth. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I hate when movies do that. They just bounce back and forth from one sub, from one subplot to another, and they don't give you enough context to know what the heck is going on. So, yeah, I think the editing I think the editing between the two, whenever they cut back and forth between the two, could have been done better. And especially, I think, even in the main story with the main characters, I think the editing could have been done better because there's a lot of time jumps and it doesn't feel like there's a time jump. It feels like, oh, this is the same night that the the previous scene happened. But it's like, oh, no, obviously time has jumped because they're writing articles in the newspaper about Common Rider. And it's like, wait, but he was just he was just in an office building yesterday uh you know it was just like that that uh there's some there's stuff like that that i think makes it a little hard to follow um right the tragic side story though i i i was like you at a certain point i was like okay i know this has to have some kind of significance but if they don't get to the significance soon i'm gonna get tired of it but when they finally reveal this whole like westworld thing uh which i don't know if you've watched the first season of westworld i did yes you where it's not taking place at the same time that you thought it was taking place it took place in the past and they're just showing it to you as if it's in the present and then you realize oh no this is this happened in the past and and everything it's like that whole um trip that tripped me out enough to be like oh yeah i i I, i'm okay with the ride now if i rewatch it now i know what's coming i can kind of enjoy the ride and and uh and everything but yeah yeah and that's and that's sort of a thing too that that's sort of a a thing that i have to do with these with some of these toku shows as well is i'll watch it and then kind of have to process it and then once i process it i have to rewatch it to really enjoy what i'm seeing yeah if that does that make sense Mm -hmm. audio listener does that make sense to you guys um so sometimes these toku shows some of these sentai some of the like the the toku sentai ultraman whatever shows and movies they take a couple of viewings to really grasp what the heck is going on yeah yeah this movie definitely benefits from a rewatch uh once you realize what's happening uh it, it it's better the second time you watch it um knowing what's happening but i can definitely see i i figured it was going to be confusing because I, I i the first time i watched it i'm like what the heck is going on where what time are we in what's happening it's jumping back and forth it went black and white for a few minutes there oh <laughs> <laughs> well, the old uh, the old black and white uh, uh throwback scene yeah. yeah it was just like it was such a weird thing but i kind of like 
that once once you figure out what it's doing and how it all ties together it's it's worth it it's worth it and and so i i can i see where where all those things were i do think that the movie still had pacing issues and i think that a lot of that had to do with the editing i think the editing is is a little off i think they uh the editing is it needs to be tightened up it needs to be changed um to ma- especially to make it less confusing uh, for for viewers uh, to know when time is shifting, when when, and I don't mean like like I say I like the the West World kind of with the side story of not knowing what time period it was taking it uh, taking place in, but the main story you would like two characters would be talking, and then in the next scene they would be talking again, but yet time has passed, but there was nothing to signify that mm-hmm. time had passed. And so unless you're really paying attention to what they're saying or taking in some of the context, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell that that time that time has passed. Now, I guess that maybe, you know, that's a, a sign of like us as as uh, North American, you know, Western viewers not being able to pay attention as closely to it or you know maybe we need to be spoon-fed some things but i still think there should have been some there should have been some better ways of of telling us that time had passed with those with with in this movie yeah yeah but yeah that side story I, uh, was yeah, great. That, that side story was yeah, so great oh yeah absolutely and uh yeah, that's funny that sometimes we do like us dirty dirty westerners yeah are just Dirty, dirty Americans have to be spoon fed cer- certain things sometimes, uh, especially with some of these Henshin shows. It's it's really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in the notes here you put down um, uh, there needs to be a Henshin. There was no there was no Henshin in this Toku show. Yes. Now that is one of the things that I was extremely disappointed in, and it is a nitpick. And it's a nitpick coming from me as a fan of right. Kamen Rider. But before, but before we get into that, do you want to explain to the folks at home pl- playing the home game? Do you want to explain what Henshin actually means? Yeah. So if you're not familiar with the term Henshin, Henshin means transformation or transform. Uh, so Henshin is what when uh, the characters in like these Japanese shows uh, go from their civilian clothes into their superhero form uh they morph yeah they morph uh so with like super sentai you know and power rangers you see them do it they have a henshin uh scene where they change into their super suits uh ultraman there's always either the beta capsule or the z riser or the you know whatever that he uses to press the thing and he transforms into ultraman uh and and in in common rider it's always it's or it's generally the belt um the belt is involved in the transformation and they'll usually do a, you know, pose of some kind, you know, like an action pose and then they'll transform into mm-hmm. the common rider. Uh, they didn't do that in this movie. And that was really, really upsetting. And I think it, maybe they were trying to modernize it, make it more realistic, but it's like, no, no, that's some of the best parts about the, I thought it was weird too, that they just sort of, took put their helmets on and took them off like normal humans yeah uh and and then put and then the thing that would always bug me and i it's probably really minor but they would have to manually put on the jaw piece oh yeah at the bottom yeah uh i feel like they could have done something a little bit the i feel like they could have done something a little bit better where the jaw piece just sort of like 
slid down from the top of the helmet right. or something. I mean, that would have made more sense to me than him pulling it out of his pocket and sticking it up there. I don't know. Um, that's just me. That's probably a nitpick. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Like, especially for me as a fan of the franchise, of of the of all of these Toka, you know, Toka heroes, the Henshin, and now I... I will say modern tokusatsu, the henshin scenes, the transformation scenes are go are are starting to get blown out of proportion. Um, <laughs> there's here's looking at you, Ultraman Z. Uh, oh man, that's yeah. There's a lot of them that are really really ridiculous. But um, so so I don't necessarily need it to be like a ten minute transformation scene, but just like you said, just putting on the helmet. And it was just like, no, no, there needs to be the action pose, at least just action pose. Costume. We did get a rider kick a, a couple of times. There was so a rider kick. That's so, so that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about just to take a few minutes here. I know we've been re- going for a while about this movie now, but I. Oh, no, we've still got. No, we're we're still under time, man. Get, get, let's go. I want to talk about some of the nods to the original series. Now, uh, I have read that this movie had uh, took a lot of inspiration from the original manga. Uh I never read or have not read the original Kamen Rider manga, so I can't mm-hmm. say for sure what you know what connections there are between this movie and the original manga. But as far as the original series is concerned, right, one of the things that I really liked in this movie is that the villains, the kaijin, were more robotic; they were more cybernetic. And right. that was something that was in the original series. They were called cyborgs. They were t- said that they were, you know, machine, you know, they were, they had machine parts in them, but they never, uh, uh, partly because of budget, um, they never really felt like cyborgs. They just kind of felt like monsters. Whereas in this, you get the animal themes, because that's one of the things that, uh, you know, a lot of times with Common Rider, it's always animal themed ones. Um mm-hmm you get the the animal themes but they're also very cybernetic very robotic uh looking and i like that i like that that yeah it was uh like looked like a bat alligator so or some kind of reptile i can't uh, snakes. it probably wasn't they an were snakes 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 okay uh you know of course bats spiders you know reptilia reptiles snakes whatever mm-hmm. um yeah so i i get all that yeah um uh, these uh these particular villains the kaijin that were in this one are based on actual ones from the series um mm-hmm. the first the first uh three major villains from shocker that that common writer um fights um it's shocker that's still a hilarious name it is it is uh well, that, that's one thing that i noticed in this that they didn't do in the original series shocker is specifically a an offshoot and developed from not from the nazis as like a as almost like how hydra in captain america is an offshoot of the nazis and then just kind of became their own thing uh uh, shocker was was like that in the original series so uh well yeah i could kind of tell it because there was there was one scene towards the end where uh they were all squaring up on each other and in the background you see uh, this emblem, it oh, looks like a, like a, a not, yeah, the shocker logo looks like a winged Nazi Eagle. Oh yeah. It even has honestly. like the lightning bolt type things that the, yeah. the Nazis used in, uh, in, uh, uh, their, their, um, 
uniforms and stuff. So yeah, yeah, there definitely is. There's still those nods there, but they don't like specifically say it in the movie. Whereas in the series, they specifically say it. So I was just like, I thought that was funny. Right. I was like, oh, there's no mention of Nazis in this one, uh, which might be might be a good thing. I don't, you know, it was yeah, I mean, an interesting thing that I, I want to point out. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's interesting. <laughs> um, one of the other things that I liked about this movie that's not in the original series is you get to see Hongo, uh, the common writer, as an agent of Shocker actually doing evil things because he's been brainwashed. In the original right. series, he was rescued before he was ever brainwashed. So you never got to see him have that moment of, of like, oh, I'm a, you know, I was brainwashed to be the bad guy. Now I'm going to take revenge on the people who brainwashed me and forced me to do these terrible things that he didn't have that in the original series. Um, you know, he, he wanted to get revenge on the people who transformed him into the robot into a cyborg, but he had, he was never brainwashed. I liked that they had that in this movie that he was actually went through the brainwashing and he actually did some terrible things because, um, the creator of Kamen Rider, the one who created Shotaro Ishinomori, I think is his name. Um, he, his big thing, and, and, and he's done a lot of manga that have been turned into anime and TV shows and stuff. Um, his, his big thing was always that the hero had to be connected to the villain directly mm -hmm. in some way. And that's, you know, something that you don't see always in like an Ultraman. Sort of like a... Uh like the yin the yin and the yang yeah sort of sort of like that. yeah and, yeah. and that's why i tend to say it, to compare um like western superheroes to the japanese superheroes uh ultraman is Jap japan's version of superman like, he's basically superman he's older he's he's been around for a long time he's the one that's just like everyone recognizes as the ultimate good the ultimate good guy um with common rider though he tends to be more like what how we view spider-man spider-man mm -hmm. you know came out after uh uh superman but actually became more popular uh than uh superman and there's a lot more uh adult themes in spider-man that wasn't in superman at the time and then you also have a lot more direct connection between the villains and spider-man like a lot of the villains in spider-man are directly connected to him in some way and so you know that that's why the common writer kind of has those same uh elements to it um easy okay <sighs> I know you we need to tell we call her the the unofficial third co-host, but my goodness, she is being a real pain today. <laughs> well, she's a she's a diva. It's like Daisy, don't interrupt me talking about Common Rider. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about Common Rider. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, oh another callback to the original series. Uh, I was going to ask you, did you recognize uh, there's there, the, the three heads of shocker that kept showing up yes. on the screens? Did you recognize yes. the middle one? Uh, yes, it was uh, Dr. Who from uh, King Kong, ver uh, King Kong versus uh, King Kong escapes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And also the old man in, in uh, GMK. GMK. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, it's um, his name was uh, Hideo. Amamoto, he's you know really big 
long time. I mean, he, you know, he was in Atragon. He was in a lot of Toho productions. So, um, but he, he played Dr. Shinigami in the original series. And so he reprised his role in this using stock footage because at this point he was actually dead um in real life yeah, he died in 2000 2001 something yeah like that. something like that um he died shortly after gmk came out yeah, that's right and so uh so the footage that they're using is actually taken from the the original show uh so that, anyway it was not i just wanted to you know point that out that was kind of nice i w- there's one big thing that is not it's not a detriment to the film but just as a common writer fan, I am extremely upset that this movie did this. Uh-oh. And it is, they made Tachibana kind of a nothing character. He was in it for like two minutes at most. Oh, that means nothing to me. You're going to have to explain. So, okay. So uh, Tachibana is the guy who gives common writer the motorcycle. Oh, okay. In the okay. original series. Uh, Tachibana is basically Zordon for Common Rider. He is the ah, mentor who mentor character. Yeah, yeah, he is the mentor who sticks with Common Rider through the whole. He's actually in a lot of like he continues on through the franchise even after the you know they move on from the original series to V three to other uh, Common Rider series. He the same actor sticks around as the same character to be the mentor for all of these common writers from the Showa era. So he is a huge, huge part of common writer uh, lore and kind of the common writer mythology. Um, he was originally, uh, the original actor was uh, Akiji Kobayashi who played captain in the Ultraman 66 series. Uh, if you remember in Ultraman 66, the original one, they had the, the science patrol, they had the captain, uh, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I was taking a. Oh, sorry, I was taking a drink of water. But yes, I know what you're. I know you're okay, talking about. Sure. Um, that's who that actor played Tachibana, the mentor in Common Rider, was a huge part of the Common Rider franchise. So you know that's one of the things he is. He is a major part of the Ultraman uh, franchise. He's a major part of the Common uh, Rider franchise, and he was a semi-major part in the Godzilla franchise uh, during the Heisei period because he appeared in a couple of the movies. Um, you know, it was a yeah, he was. So yeah, uh, so the fact that they take such an important character and they reduced him down to he only appeared on screen for like two minutes, and all he did was give the motorcycle to Pongo. It's sort of like. Uh... Uh, the oxygen destroyer in King of the Monsters. Yes, very much so. Sort of, sort of very, very underwhelming. Like they took this, they took this extremely significant part of the lore and distilled it down to a plot point. Yeah, to to a cameo, <laughs> to just a right. cameo. Um, which is funny because the actor who played Tachibana in this movie, when we talked about the actor who played him originally, the actor who played him in this movie uh, was actually Common mm-hmm. Rider V three. Uh, he he was okay. he was the third Common Rider. Uh, so he uh, he. It's funny that they brought him in to play such an important character to the franchise and to the lore and then they didn't do anything with him in this movie and that just really irks me because i love tachibana i love uh, kichi kobayashi and i i just hated that he had nothing to do other than to give the motorcycle 
he gave a few words of advice and then he gave the motorcycle and that was it. Um, so yeah. I mean, I can, I mean, as a lot, as a, as someone who is a longtime fan like you, I mean, yeah, I can see why you would be disappointed with that because if, if, if say, I don't know, in the new, in the new Power Rangers movie, when that eventually comes, because we're supposed to get a brand new one, if they just kind of made Zordon a side character, like, Hey Zordon, how are you doing there? And then just kind of moved on. I would be pretty pissed. Yeah, it's not it's gonna like, lie. It's like they made a, a Power Rangers movie and they made Zordon the teacher who teaches at the high school that all of the all of the kids go to, and that and right. they just call him Mister Zordon. And then there's no actual Zordon, you know, in the command center. That's what it's. That's what it feels like to me as a fan. They don't respect. Basically, they don't respect the lore in the way that you would want them to respect the Lord. Yeah. Especially this one character, because this one character is so important to, to common Rider that, and I, and, and, and I always love mentor characters. I'm always, a, oh, so yeah, I'm always a huge fan of the Zordons, the, the captains, the, the Krugers and all these ones from the, these uh, mentor characters in these franchises. And so Tachibana mm-hmm. is definitely one of my favorite characters from that oh, yeah. Showa era. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was just a huge disappointment for me. Um, but yeah, outside of that, uh, I think we talked about the costumes. The costumes are great. I like the updated costume designs for the common Riders. In fact, I didn't mention it when we were talking about it originally, but uh, this, this movie version of common Rider is the one that I have on my lock screen on my phone. Uh, okay. So, because I like the, even though I like the series more than the movie, I like the costume because they had definitely had a bigger budget to do the costumes. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean you can you can obviously tell they had a a, a much bigger budget uh, for this one because everything just looks sleek and shiny and actually really good and not paper mache or foam. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I mean we've we have I have I have talked this movie to death. Well, this was to be fair, this was going to be your episode because like I said, I'm not a huge uh Common Rider fan and so uh I don't know a whole lot about Common Rider. Um so this is my fir- aside from what we watched during Kaiju Quarantine, um this was another like this was another good introductory point for me in my Common Rider history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad that you were able to watch this, and I'm glad that it seems like you enjoyed it. So, do you want to oh, yeah. want to give some uh, some final thoughts and our Godzuki scores? I will give my Godzuki score in just a second. After I say, as someone who is not the biggest Common Rider fan, as this is basically this movie was made for people like me that are not necessarily familiar with the lore and not necessarily familiar with the franchise. But uh, this movie gives you a pretty good taste, in my opinion, as someone who's brand new to the franchise, for what you can expect. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Is, uh, so that I feel good about watching this movie. I actually feel good about you know branching off into other common writer uh, shows. Uh, because of this movie, because this movie was very uh, approachable. Whereas, uh, what did we? What is it? We watched Zio. Yes. Uh, Zio was Zio was good, 
but I can see where it wouldn't be necessarily approachable. Whereas this movie, I feel like is more approachable uh, to a non-Common Rider fan who, but who is looking to dip his or her toe into the franchise. So I think that this is a good jumping off point for someone like that. And so because of that, I'm going to give my Godzuki score to be a 3.5 out of five, because I just think this is as a, this as a, as an introductory point for a new common writer fan. I think it's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely, the only, the only one I warn people not to be their first exposure to common writer is Shin common writer because Shin common writer is it. It's Cronenberg meets uh, Tokusatsu. It is, it, yeah, it's an R-rated. I mean, it, it's not R-rated because I don't think it actually got an, uh, an R a rating here in the United States, but it's definitely pushing the envelope on, yeah, it's not family appropriate and it is very right. disturbing and very gross and very icky and, and gory. And yeah, and I mean, and, hey, if you like that kind of stuff, more power to you. That's great, but don't expect every common writer series to be like that because that is a one time thing that it was like that <laughs> nothing else in this franchise is like that so don't 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 let that be your first exposure to common writer but anything else it's it's fine <laughs> especially this movie let this movie be your first exposure to it um so i'm gonna do my godzuki score uh and my final thoughts so for for me uh the fact that this movie is this is a 15 year old movie based on a 50 year old property mm-hmm. and the fact that it's any good at all is is saying something i think that it, that 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 is a testament to how strong the franchise the premise and everything is that this movie is as it is good and is watchable uh so yeah we talked about earlier there's three elements that i look for in uh in a movie that's inspired by common rider uh, I would be looking for fun action, interesting motorcycle stunts, exciting villains, an interesting story with a touch of that horror element thrown in. Um, this okay. movie succeeds in two of those three things, uh, but it does fail with the story and the characters portion. Uh, the tone is more melodramatic uh, than kind of the sci-fi horror that the original series is. And the main characters come off kind of wooden at points. Um not mm-hmm. through the entire thing. I think they did a good job in some parts, but there are parts where it felt very wooden. Um, but it does succeed in its action, does succeed in its villains. The costume designing is amazing. The effects are on par with what you would expect from mid-2000s tokusatsu. Overall, it's a great adaptation of the classic Common Rider and a great introduction if someone is new to Tom and Cro- to Common Rider. And I, <laughs> I, I have to say, I cannot wait till we get to review the sequel to this movie because there is a direct sequel to this movie and the tone is very different from this uh the tone kind of brings more into that horror uh that goes back to more of the horror uh elements uh so i can't if anyone wants if anyone's interested to watch go ahead and watch the sequel what is that one called travis it's called common rider the next okay 
Sort of like Ultraman the next. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's Kamen Rider okay. the first and Kamen Rider the next. Those two movies are standalone. They do not mm-hmm. they do not intersect with anything in the rest of the franchise. So you can watch those and be completely new to the franchise and enjoy them just as they are. Okay. Um but yeah, so my Godzuki score is a four out of five. I give it a four out of five. I just really enjoy this movie. <laughs> but I also I mean I, I honestly thought you go with <laughs> I honestly thought you would go a little bit higher. Uh, honestly, I thought you'd wind up in the 4.5 range, but I mean, for, I feel like uh, for you being uh, such a big Kamen Rider fan, I think four is, four is more, four is more than fair. Yeah. And, and I definitely try to be balanced. I know like, like, uh, like we said, seeing the writer kick, seeing the, like, you know, him do that. And it's like, Oh yes, yes. And I'm like cheering and I'm excited as a fan. It's like King of the Monsters in that way. The 2019 King of the Monsters where the parts that are fan service, you mm-hmm. know, I am a fan. I like being serviced. <laughs> um, so naturally so (laughs) so i like that but then but there are i have tried to be balanced because there are parts of it where it's like yeah this doesn't really hold up outside of just being fan service there are parts of it that don't hold up as well as what it could have been and so for that i only give it a four instead of anything higher but it's still a lot of fun to watch okay so, yeah, that's going to do it. And like I said, can't wait to talk about the sequel. I want to review the sequel. I'm so excited. I'm just so happy we got to talk about Common Rider finally. I just anything Common Rider. I'm just so happy. Um, so <laughs> now we can jump into our next segment, which is the mailbag. The mailbag. What's in the mail today? Uh, If you would like to send us a message to be read out on the podcast, you can do that at kaijuweekly at gmail.com or you can send send it to us on Twitter at kaijuweekly. That's the way to get in touch with us. Please, please send us some mailbag stuff because uh, we love to read out your feedback and we'd love to hear from you guys, from you listeners. Uh, so yeah, send it to us. Um, cause when our mailbag gets, gets kind of low and gets empty, uh, it, it starts to get angry and you don't want to see our mailbag when it gets angry. Um, I know it, it, it starts. Ne- never mind. I, never mind. I was going to say something and it was not going to be show appropriate, but yeah. Anyway, let's move on. So, uh, for the last <laughs> couple of weeks, we've been talking, uh, we've been answering questions sent to us by Alex Sperling. Um, so this mm-hmm. is going to be our final, the final question that he sent to us that we haven't, uh, the one that we haven't answered yet. So just, uh, if anybody wants to hear the other questions that Alex sent through and the other parts of his email, you can go back to our previous episodes, uh, the previous two episodes that we put out, uh, in the mailbag segment, we've been answering them. He's had some really great questions uh, that he sent in. Oh yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. And and thank you, yes, Alex, uh, for sending this for sending us those questions. They've been uh, uh, they've been really good. We may even have to give him the old Michael treatment. And since he gave us three questions, we've talked about him three times in the show. I'm getting a little bit of deja vu yeah. now. Um, <laughs> mention him. Uh, we mention him enough times. We, that, <laughs> 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, thank you, uh, Alex, for doing that. We really, really appreciate your feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Alex, uh, the last question, I'm so glad I saved this one for this week, seeing as the news that we talked about earlier in the episode. Uh, Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. So the question is, how would you like Godzilla versus Kong to end? Now, I have an answer for this prepared. Uh, and I I bet you do, and it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> I have a feeling. Um, so I'm going to go with an actual serious answer <laughs> and say hey, that. I take okay. offense to that. <laughs> uh, you, you're prematurely taking offense to that. Is that what you're I'm saying? I'm taking offense you, to you, that to to you assuming that I would do something ridiculous. I have I have been nothing but serious and professional on uh, this podcast. Right. Okay. All right. All right. Now I can, now I can write down Travis is a liar (laughs) on the list. Um, but no, Oh, in all seriousness, I, okay. So we, we, it has been said that we are going to see a clear winner, but I have always said, and I don't, and I don't think that I'm incorrect in assuming that a lot of folks feel this way. Neither Kong nor Godzilla will die in this film. They will one Toho's not going to allow that to happen. Like Godzilla's not going to you know Godzilla's a major franchise. I mean he's not they're not going to kill him off just in case they need to do some other things with the monsterverse like maybe a spin-off series that we've heard rumors about. So and I don't think they're going to kill off Kong either. Honestly, they will fight up to the point where there is a clear implied winner where like there'll, it'll, there'll be a moment where uh, either Kong or Godzilla is losing and they, it is obvious that they have lost the battle and then it's going to be a team up against spoiler, spoiler Mecha Godzilla. In fact, Honestly, I was talking about this. Uh, I was talking with this. Uh, I was talking about this. Let's see, words are hard. Um, with Nathan the other day, and honestly, I think the movie's going to end in a tag team. And here's why: because you've got supposedly you've got Mechagodzilla coming. You have got this new Titan called the Warbat, mm-hmm. which looks like a giant cobra with wings, or just a uh, an oversized hood. Um, I think that they are going to build an org, that orga, they're going to build an orca inside of Mechagodzilla that controls the Warbat to create this tag team situation with Godzilla and Kong versus those two. But at some point in the movie, you are going to have a clear definitive winner between Godzilla and Kong before they turn their attentions to the bigger threat of Mechagodzilla and the Warbat. I could be wrong. I probably am. And I don't know how they would actually do it because I feel like that whole sequence of events would be a mess. But that's where I'm at. Okay. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. So my answer, which you so rudely oh. said that would be uh-huh. prove me wrong. Prove okay, okay. In this moment, prove me wrong. So uh this is how I picture it playing out. Mm-hmm. You have after after uh Godzilla and Kong uh defeat 
they're the the ultimate evil bad guy they teamed up but uh Mm -hmm. godzilla did not survive the fight and so godzilla dies at the end of the movie and kong at the end returns back to his home to to the sands of of uh skull island and there he uh he buries a token from godzilla uh maybe one of the spines from godzilla in the sand you know with the familiar twin sunset in the background uh and then an aged mothra that's still on the island for some reason says who are you kong replies i'm kong she says kong who and then kong looks to the horizon and he sees and he sees the ghost the force ghost of someone who had become more to him than a friend and more than a foe staring back at him with that blue glimmer reaching through the force and he smiles and says kongzilla roll credit <laughs> And then the force. Okay. No, I, in all seriousness, I don't think I, well, I, there's a good possibility that we're going to get a surprise uh, appearance by Mothra. That is a really good possibility. One of my other theory, one of my other theories behind that is uh, one of my other theories that involves Mothra actually is, uh, it ends in a draw. Although they say there's going to be a clear winner, there is an. Imp- this is another situation where there is an implied winner, where say Kong against my better judgment because I'm a huge Godzilla fan. Kong, uh, Godzilla 2021 um, is about to deliver the death blow to Godzilla using that massive axe, mm-hmm. and Mothra steps in to stop him. And then they go and they fight the real threat of Mechagodzilla and the Warbat, or just Mechagodzilla. Well, I did have a, I did have another one, uh, another ending that I thought of that I thought would be sure. Um, go ahead. I'm sure this is going to be just as ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. During the fight, uh. You know, Kong and Godzilla are teaming up against Mechagodzilla, and uh. In the process, they get separated by a force field that separates uh. uh Kong away from Godzilla and and uh mechagodzilla and then uh during the fight uh mechagodzilla stabs uh, godzilla uh through the chest with his dual lightsaber and then uh after kong you know in his anger defeats uh mechagodzilla uh uh he goes to to the side of his friend and as godzilla lays dying he says take care of the boy he is the chosen one and then Kong looks and sees coming out from the jungle is Manila. <laughs> okay. 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 Last one. Last one in a reverse from, cause I just watched this movie the other day. Actually, I watched this movie last. When did the movie, when did the news break on? Was that Saturday? Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching God's I was uh, cleaning house and watching uh, King Kong versus Godzilla from 62 the other day. And um, in a reverse of that film, 
Godzilla picks up a gigantic tree and shoves it down Kong's throat. <laughs> Kong chokes on it. And then Godzilla says to himself, oh crap, what did I just do? And tries to pull the tree out of Kong's mouth, but it's too late and Kong dies. Oh, Movie's over. Oh, oh. Uh, so Alex, I hope that our answer is, I mean, I know my answer is the correct one. Um, Oh yeah, absolutely. uh, I think yours is 100% accurate. I really want David, the Kaiju apostle to, uh, to listen to this part of our podcast now, because I threw in that Manila part just for him. (laughs) He's the moist minion. He's, he's he's the chosen one. Yeah. And then Manila comes out just drenched in, in all of his moistness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then and then the sequel to and then the next monster verse uh film will just be um destroy all monsters moist minions revenge minions revenge <laughs> oh goodness so anyway thank you so much alex for sending that and if you want us to give our absolutely serious answers to your questions mm-hmm. make sure to send them to us uh again at kaijuweekly at gmail.com or on twitter at kaijuweekly uh, right so uh to to finish up this episode i'm going to ask the trivia question for next week's episode we're continuing our two weeks of toku satsu january uh and uh we're going to be covering another tokusatsu show so the question is what american tokusatsu show was the last official foreign produced ultraman series to date Yep, and we're going to have a special guest for that episode. Uh, Next week, our friend Nathan Marchand of the Monster Island Film Vault will be returning to talk about, apparently, his favorite Ultra show? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one he talks about the most, so... uh, Right? I mean, mean, he loves... He, he, yeah. I've never seen it, it, so I'm looking forward to it. I about gave it away, but... It's probably not hard to find out what we're talking about, but yes, we are going to have our friend Nathan back next week to talk about this particular ultra show. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So to close out this episode, I'm going to say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly and at Kaiju Groupie Pod. All the links to our social media as well as for the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group are listed in the description of this episode. You can send questions, comments, or answers to trivia questions to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. And we also want to say a big thank you to everyone who has supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine so far. If you want to find out more about the magazine, check it out at the website, kaijuramenmagazine.com. Oh, yeah. And uh, along with all of those uh, wonderful ways of supporting the podcast, Travis, there is actually one more way that they can support this show. And that's by heading on over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. And I'm not, I'm going to deviate from what I usually say and say that you're not allowed to criticize us in the comment section. Just give us a glowing, gushingly sappy review. Tell us how much you love us. Tell us how much we make you laugh. Tell us how much this podcast has changed your life. Dripping and dripping with appreciation the way that Manila drips from his moist body. Oh boy. Okay. (laughs) And we promise, uh, if you do that, dear audio listener, we will read that feedback on a future episode of the podcast. And basically what that's going to do is that's going to put this show in front of other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans, just like you. 
Uh, I don't know. Are we still trying to see the goo, Travis? Or are we kind of get letting go of that one? Uh, I mean, I still want to see the goo. Okay, so it's going to help Travis uh, see the goo, hopefully in 2021, or see the goo in 2022. There's the campaign. See the goo in 2022. Um, It just writes itself. But if you do that for us, we would really appreciate it. And I know it would make Travis's uh, uh, moist heart happy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of moistness on this episode. Yeah, this this episode has gotten really moist all of a sudden. Well, so before it gets too bad, let's just uh finish off by saying help control the giant monster population. Have your uh moist manilas spayed or neutered. <laughs> Then he would no longer be moist. Please just uh, take him out of the gene pool. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Bye, guys. <laughs>